coming up today on Cozy Motherfucking Boots. You know how people normally go to Walmart here to do stuff? Like, mm-hmm. they don't do that in St. Louis. That's not a thing in St. Louis. Nobody goes to Walmart to grocery shop. Like, you have to go to Walmart for a purpose. Because first of all, it's only like one in the whole city. And then when you get there, you got to figure out who baby mama stock in the shelves today. Because what you came there to get, it ain't there. <laughs> so when they did the riots and all that stuff with Mike Brown and stuff, and they tow up around the Walmart, we was like, well, goddamn, we only got one goddamn Walmart. So you. My name is Ayla the Poet, a.k.a. your mom's favorite poet, a.k.a. just another nigga here in America, a.k.a. daddy, a.k.a. Rico, a.k.a. I hate all of you. There you go. And we have our beautiful, beautiful, beautiful visitor today. So Lily is, is, is a good enough one. Lily, Lily Mac, Lily Mac Ryan, boss lady, boss, um, cookie. Sometimes they call me that. Sometimes they call me Suge Knight. Vibe calls me Suge Knight a lot. Sugar Every time somebody signs to us, he says, welcome to Death Row Records. I don't know what that's all about. Um, <laughs> Might have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Sound real cult-like. <laughs> so it's a lot going on behind mm. that. Um, but no, I'm just me. I do like that you say you're another nigga in America. I need that. I need mm-hmm. a shirt that says that. I actually was going to make a shirt that said nigga is in my vernacular because mm-hmm. I feel like nobody will ever see the word vernacular. They're going to see nigga first and they're going to see that I'm a nigga first. Yeah. And so, shit, why not normalize, you know, let's not normalize ignorance, let's normalize intelligence. Mm. Right. Because nigga, it's going to always be in my vernacular. Period. I grew up with that. That's a whole other word. That's a, that's an honor. That's a it's a word. That's, yeah, it ain't going nowhere. It ain't because we here. We here. You can't get rid of us. Shoot, you know. Mother, some, you try to can't get rid of us. Sometimes when you bestow that word to somebody, shoot, that's a term of endearment. Man. That was a word. <laughs> <laughs> that was a word in the name. Sometimes when you get when you get especially someone of a, a different ethnicity. Yeah, I was, you know, I was trying to mind my own business. I was invited to a, a Christmas dinner 
um, of trying to mind my own business. And she had, I, I mean, she, to give it to her, she was honest. She was saying that she wasn't a good cook. She's a doctor. She was like, this okay. is not my okay. forte. Mm -hmm. I've uh, ordered most of the meal, but I slam it on these Brussels sprouts. So, okay. So I'm sitting in the kitchen, chatting it up with her, you know, watching her do her thing. You mm -hmm. know, I'm like, okay. And then as soon as she went in that cabinet and brought them raisins out, I got up. I, and I didn't, I didn't realize I got up. But I put my hand on her on her wrist. So I, you you blacked out. Yeah, basically. I put my hand on her wrist and I turned her back around. And I said, "You you put that back on up in there, and I'm gonna finish this." And you have a seat. That was a nice way of doing it. Somebody that. else's house. Somebody somebody, else's I don't even know this lady. And my kid, my kids are just hands to the. They like mama. <laughs> and I'm like, listen. For someone who has a great affinity for Brussels sprouts and my children love Brussels sprouts, this might be the only thing we eat at this table. So what you're not about to do is fuck it up. Okay? You put raisins. You're doing the most. <laughs> and she led me too. She sat down. And what's funny because me and my papa was there. We all sitting around the table. And I swear to you, me and my was like, well, Gloria, I don't know what you did with these breast spots. These breast spots I had, you, I don't know what you did. You always make good ones, but these one right here, these is different. Save them from the. I raisins. didn't even let her know that I had, I had put the soul in it. I didn't even oh, let her know. I, 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 I let her take it. Save them. You, it's all right. Cause you my nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I ain't gonna let you go out there like you this. You just pay no. attention. So next time, you know how to don't do, do this. this. Or don't do that. I mean, she had a whole fresh pack. Like it was sealed, she didn't rip the little thing off of it yet. Really? She it was just for that. You know what I'm saying? Like she was like, I'm gonna hit y'all with that. And I stopped, I got up and walked around the the, the counter and grabbed her wrist. I said, you're not you done for the day. You were over there touching her before you even realized. I touched this lady. You moved. So you just blew, right. like like he said, you blacked out. I blacked like, out please. and I was like, No, uh, you gonna sit down. And she and I she probably felt in that moment that she was her, her life was in jeopardy so she she didn't even question it she was just like okay i'm like okay yeah. i'm gonna sit down um now that I, you put the soul in because <laughs> i was sure about to say that before you said it i had to i had and to she told him up didn't she she they were gone everything else was still had a little bit of remnants left me and Ma was holding on to to the pot and she was like i don't know what you this right here. This is this is something different. She was like, "This is different." The rest, of the cheese ball was delicious. You know, the 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 salad was great. The turkey, not. But this right here, this is something different. <laughs> turkey. This is something different. I hope she didn't fuck up the salad. And I'm just sitting over there, just minding my own business, just eating. You know, I'm like, it's all right, you got it. You let your in-laws keep you in the bed. It's all right. <laughs> Your secret is safe. Listen. My kids at the table just embarrassed. They like, Mama. What? You don't put raisins. Why was you in that lady's kitchen? I'm like, well, sure, we got to eat something. They're like, Mama, we could have ate after we left here. I'm like, I'm not going to sit up here and fake eating these people's face. Right. We at the table. How that's going to look? I just tell them I ain't hungry. So how that's going to look? I just tell people I ain't hungry. If I say I'm not hungry. But we're here for a whole day and they know we hungry. When I said this lady, I she was she was very accommodating. She has said that she went to the church and asked um, a black member of the church, "What do black people eat for Christmas?" Mm -hmm. 
And he said, <laughs> and he answered her, he said, I don't know what, you know, all black people eat for Christmas, and different households, different things going on. But one thing that black people do eat, and you need to figure out where to go get it, is black macaroni and cheese. And I told her, I said, well, she did steer you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So she went to Costco and she found some baked macaroni and cheese. And she told me, she got that from Costco. That man told her to go get some baked macaroni and cheese. And she, okay. she figured it out. Okay. She had she had that on the menu. Good. Yes. That's good. So I was like, okay, that's She good. did her research. I did not, and I did not fault her for that. I she did not tried. find that to be any, you know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. like, she wanted to make sure that this family that was coming over was going to be accommodated, you know, in her household. Somewhat cool. Exactly. <laughs> Somewhat cool. And when she got them raisins out, I was like, no, ma'am, uh, we gotta stop. We gotta stop right here. This is where we're gonna stop. So you, man, so not only can you cook, but you wear many hats anyway. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. In your life. Yes. Can you tell us about some of them? Oh, Lord, please. Um, well, I am the CEO and co-founder of Black Sheep Society Enterprises, which is a management and consulting uh, firm. We manage uh, artists, musicians, mm-hmm. celebrities all across the nation. Um, and they kind of look at me like a momager, whatever. <laughs> a momager? Momager, yes. Um, and then uh, I also have my own brand where I'm a novelist. Mm-hmm. Um I have a podcast in a community talk called Let's Talk About Sex that um, is about to gear back up as a podcast. It was a community talk uh, pre-COVID, um, and now we're just going to switch mediums. Um, and so with that, I am a sexuality advocate. So mm-hmm. I am all about open sexuality, free sexuality. We are in the South and we are very much so still closeted people. Mm-hmm. And even at my age, I'm about letting people come out of these closets. Like, come on, let's let's do this. Like, cause, cause see, this is what people, when people get into legalities of sexuality and they start doing legal stuff it's because they're in the closet and they gotta figure out you know they gotta figure themselves out and then figure out why they like this stuff and then mm-hmm. they gotta hide it because mm-hmm. they're afraid of what society is going to think about it and then that's when stuff like that happens and so i'm all about advocating for people to come out of whatever closet that they in mm-hmm. that's one and two i'm an advocate for people who make money off of sexuality so i am an advocate for sex workers um i do feel like that is a very you know notable business to have mm-hmm. and why not let them make their money you World's know oldest profession. it's all it is it ain't going nowhere and it will be nope. recession proof mm-hmm. forever i don't care how they should just go ahead and tax it like they do me just 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 tax it it's all right <laughs> uh, so I am all of those things plus a single mom of, of four children and two cats and a grandcat. Can't forget about my grandcat. Your Come grand on, grandcat. Cat. Yeah, she's something else, honey. Why is always the grandbabies that's something else? <laughs> Why the how a cat? Like she is really something else. I'm like, I had to pop all her nose the other day. I'm like, girl, if you don't sit down somewhere, this a whole cat. Them, you know, cats that, already got their personality. My daughter, my daughter got this cat, and she and she will call me and be like, "Get your grandbaby." It's a whole cat. 
with child, and even the cat is acting up. Um, but yes, I am a single mother of four, and I do have uh, two uh, twin boy cats uh, that um, Roberto say look like dogs. Wow. Um, and then I have a grand cat that is a girl, and she's she's a little. Her name is Cinnamon French Toast Crunch. Um, <laughs> That's so, a lovely name. Yes, Bryant. Can't forget the last name. Cinnamon French Toast Crunch. Bryant. Bryant. Um, I love the baby, but she gets she when she gets with me, she gets a, a lot of whoopings. Um, <laughs> and I think that's in uh, oh. Black Sheep, the company manages Cafe Coco, the historic Cafe Coco here, so I manage this. Um, and I just, you know, I just be around town just trying to, you know, do my thing and move and not be bothered. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Put your hands in so much, it's hard to not be bothered. And I do accounting. And accounting too. Yes, I do. Man, yeah. man, what don't you do? <laughs> Because the other day, i tell you what, I came here early and the cook wasn't here and I was in there making bacon in the dark. I didn't even know how to turn the lights on. I knew how to turn the oven on. <laughs> and they're making bacon in the dark like that. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I'm with her friends. She said, got to see it through, my Gotta boy. Got to figure it out. Got to see it through, my boy. Cooking bacon in the dark in an industrial kitchen. The chef called me and he said, Lily, what are you doing? Don't you see what I'm doing? I'm making bacon in the dark. Yeah. He said, you know how to turn the lights on. I don't even know what the light switch is. <laughs> but I know how to turn this oven on. Yeah, but we, got, we had an order. Well, I also do good customer service. I got to provide good customer service, y'all. It's going a long way. And he just shook his head. He said, I cannot believe you was in here in this dark cooking. Trying to figure it out. I hope well. Well, you're trying to keep the ship afloat. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> Somebody right. had to do it. It was an Uber order. It was on their way. <laughs> And I'm in there talking my way through it. I'm like, bacon, eggs, waffle. Okay, bacon, eggs, in the dark. My front person, like, I don't even know what light switch is either. I don't know. And I bet that was a five meal, too. It probably was, because them eggs, them eggs, I had cooked just enough to where they were still a little runny, so I moved them to just the warm part oh. of the stove so they could just slowly just stay warm but still cook a little mm -hmm. bit. And so by the time they make it into the thing, then they always done and don't burn the eggs. Mm. See, I done got people taking off of egg duty because of the way I know how to make eggs. Mm. So, so, you're, so you're an egg expert too. Along I would that. like to say that I'm a. I know how to prepare food in a way that makes it edible and delicious within a time frame. Cause I ain't got time. You know how you see young people they be cooking meals and be taking them three dollars and stuff. Uh, Twenty minutes or less. How did you make ribs? And I, I am that grandma. Oh, I just made a little bit of rib jams, cabbage, some greens, cornbread. And, and it's a Tuesday. Tuesday, 30 minutes later, dinner is ready, like laid out. Like I don't, I, I don't have time mm -hmm. to put a whole Thanksgiving two-day preparation together. <laughs> All these kids and these, these people won't be eating. So yes, yes. So two days ago, what was that Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. I was yeah, I was in there making bacon in the dark, and um, the and eggs. <laughs> and, it, and it came out beautifully, <laughs> and the order got done. The order got done. It's um, 
I, uh, we, um, so my ex-husband's family is a very huge, huge country family, and we rented out the biggest cabin mm-hmm. in the United States. It's in Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the King of the Mountains. So it's 40 bedrooms. It's like mm-hmm. 25 bathrooms, three floors, two hot tubs, a whole Olympic-sized pool is in this thing. And so we rented this place out. And all his family was there, and it was still too much family, so we had to rent another cabin just to fit everybody in. Wow, that's, that's a lot. So they tell us, this is four days. So they say, okay, they all sit us down, you know, this is like par for the course. You got to sit down and hear the rules of the, you know, because you got to watch your own kids, make sure, you know, all that stuff. And so they say, we're going to break up the house into uh, cooking schedules, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And who wants to volunteer to be on the breakfast crew? So I'm over there like this. That, that ain't none of my business. And so they said, Lily, I, how you gonna call me first? It's a thousand people in here. Yeah. You can raise my hand. You got voluntold. I got voluntold, right? First one on the list. So I'm on breakfast duty. So the next morning I get up early and we had 12 dozen eggs sitting right there. So I put a la- another lady on. This is like these is like grandpa's, you know what I'm saying? I'm mm. like the young one in the crew, and so they she over here, you know, she making the eggs and stuff like that, and I'm just putting, you know, waffles in the toast. This is what I'm doing. The least possible is what you, I'm doing. You trying to stay out the way? Yes. And then here come her name is Faye, and I always call, I always say Faye be fussing. That's how you know it's gonna be a good meal because Faye be fussing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she started the grits. And then she was like, I want you to come over here and stir these grits. I said, why I got to stir the grits? You know, so I'm stirring the grits, right? And the yeah. other lady's making the eggs next to me. Child, that first batch of eggs, she burnt. Oh, they went off on her. And it wasn't even like burnt eggs. It was just like overcooked oh, eggs. Yeah. They went off on her. Got, she got kicked out of kick. This is somebody's grandma. Just oh, disrespectful. No. It was like serious. got put out the kitchen. So then they said, well, since you over here stirring these grits, you might as well make these eggs. Oh, no. So I said, damn it. Yeah. So I'm over make, Right, making the, Precious. I'm doing this. This is me. I'm stirring, flipping, stirring, flipping. And then I always know to take the eggs off the heat so they can finish just cooking in the warm pan. And so, and then <laughs> they took the eggs over to the lady. This is how you make eggs. You see this? Damn. <laughs> Do you see this? I said, oh, my God. Not only did they put pressure on you, this but then was, they, they elevated just you. Just disrespect. They rubbed it in her face. In face. And she didn't say nothing. She couldn't. What's she gonna say? She was married into the family. She didn't want the sister sisters. Oh, so she well. had to, she can't, you know, she had so to her, So her 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 level just went. Right. Down. She just had to, all types of she just had to take that. Damn. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. So now when I cook eggs, I'm just gonna be thinking about it in that like damn. Right. It's just that's the key. That's the key. You gotta take it, take off, it off the heat. When it's still a little bit running and it's gonna finish its cooking. Mm-hmm. That's it. Damn. And they just, I mean, they embarrassed that lady. Shout out to her. I hope you all right. She ain't cooked nothing else for the rest of that weekend. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> you know, hell no. I would have like, hell no. My eggs, is, my eggs is overcooked, so I might right. overcook something else. I want to mess something up so I can get out of the kitchen. They was like, we already know you cooks, so don't even you got you the first name on this list. I'm like, damn. They put her up on the they moved her up on right. the list. On the list. Got me over stirring grits. See when you show people what you can do. Steve, my man told me that one time. One of my 
old flames. He said, you know, you got to come with your C game. You can't be coming with your A game all the time. Because sometimes your B game he might be just nothing said, that just you put on the give roster. Him a good, give him a hard C plus, and then they're going to, you know, they're going about their business. You can't be rolling with that A minus all the time. Because that's why you can't get niggas out your inbox. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I ain't learned that. But I'm an overachiever, so it never worked for me. I ain't never learned I gotta, that. I got to always. I'm not finna. Ain't nobody finna be out these streets talking about Billy Cable, Hussy Gang. Oh, I know you feel right. fine. I ain't. You know what? And I think that's just a thing. Because, like, I feel like I have to just bring it. Because, see, I want, I want you to talk shit about me. I want you to You got to go talk. big or go, go home. That's it. You gotta be, you just gotta be disgusting. You, you just about, you just you talking about you freaky no bitch, I'm disgusting. No, you just gotta do. You just I'm gotta disgusting. leave a legacy. You gotta leave a legacy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta be you gotta touch somebody. You know what I mean? Like reach out and touch. And then they never see you again. Like they gotta remember this stuff like fifty. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know how people I have people come in my DMs like fifteen years later and they be like, Yeah, I remember uh mm. Child, let me tell you what that <laughs> and then he'll be like, Hey love, you weren't supposed to do that. I'm like, I know, but it was there. It's like it's funny. My best friend he's he's, he's a man and he is so disrespectful. But he he will call me in the middle of something. And I'm like, Why are you calling me in the middle? And he's like, Because this some bullshit. She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is disrespectful. I ain't that bad. We are bad, both of us. Are I, bad. I did bad. call. I did call Darren one time, and he knew that I was going to an appointment because I call them appointments because I need you to make appointments because I'm busy and I'm not missing money for no potential bad person. <laughs> so I called Darren. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go to this place. Here's my location. Da da da. I'll call you later." He's like, hey, A-Love. I'm like, hey. He's like, how was I? I could have had a fucking V8. You want to do something? <laughs> Waste of my time. Waste of, I should have asked her for gas money. You just don't understand the waste of time that life can be when you take the time to do something. First of all, there's some extra shit. You know, you're doing some extra shit. First of all, I have drive. I wasted my gas. That, that still bothers me to this day. Bitch, you owe me gas. You owe me. I drove 15 minutes to go to your house. I need my gas money. Hey, if you ain't asked for it up front. I'm just, re- I just really feel bad. And it, it, was, the thing, it was the thing I that you, room. it was the thing that you like bragged about this pussy as well. You bragged and boasted on it. So I'm like, okay, this uh, is going to be fan fucking fantastic. That's another thing. 
I feel like if you brag about it, that's the problem. It's like I'm already, I'm already. It's just like a movie when they hype a movie up right. and yeah. you're like, I don't see you got all the expectations it. in the world for this. Yeah, but is. no, but then if you like me mm-hmm. and they hype it up, I'm already going in it like I'm going to destroy whatever hype you have. I'm about, I am about to cut a line down the middle of this damn ribbon that you, that you got. And I'm going to rip it up and, and you'll never be the same again. So I'm already caught. It's always, it's competition at this point. Oh yeah. You just said, okay. Watch me work. I'm going to have you crying at the end of this. Praise God. Praise him. Talk your shit, man. You I had a man when I was younger. Dude, I was a senior in high school. And I'm like fresh, fresh off virginity. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm fresh out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? And fresh off. <laughs> I'm like fresh out here. Like the streets. Just came off the oh, they just, they just plucked the feathers off that chicken. You know what I mean? And my neighbor, bless his heart, he used to come and climb through my window and he was a little bit older than me, not much, but he was a little bit older than me. And we got down one night and he had three seizures back to back. Three seizures, medical seizures. I had to call the ambulance because I didn't know what was going on. You made this man have a seizure? Well, he said he had epilepsy. Now I got mad at him. I'm like, so you gonna come up in my motherfucking bed and have a fucking seizure right. and I got to call the goddamn cops and shit. Died. I could my mama in the other room. I'm trying to sneak you in. You over here foaming at the mouth. I was mad. I was mad. No, you should have been because you yeah. should have said something. Right. Tell me something. Be let honest. Me, let me know if you got any, you know. But he was like, that ain't, that ain't never happened before. You know, I take my bed. You know, I had a seizure in a couple of years. I'm everything, good to go. Everything wasn't registered. That night, three mm-hmm. in a row. He said three in a row. And the next day when I went to go check on his house, his mom let me in. I mean, he was laid in the bed. Like, he was like, like, he was laid in the bed. I'm like, what did I do to you? He's like, I don't know. That was the last time we were together, but apparently he broke up to my parents' house twice. And my daddy was like, you got to stop having these niggas come looking for you. <laughs> you got to be that legacy. You know what I'm saying? You got to leave a legacy. I'm going to start saying that. You got to leave a legacy. Next time I have sex, I'm going to leave a legacy. You got to leave the legacy. The legacy is a thing, and it will grow as you grow, and it will and it will become its own thing. It's its own thing. It changes lives. Look, I'm, I'm reforming. <laughs> Not <I'm> changing. <laughs> okay. I ain't been with nobody in a minute. I ain't been with nobody in a minute. I'm just gonna keep it that way for a while until I get my mind right. I have went literally uh, after my ex. I say, you know what? Normally, when I break up with somebody, I'm like, I'm really gonna be out these streets. I'm gonna kill a bunch of motherfuckers. Just whoever touched me, gonna just die instantly. It's like she's hunting, right? It's like turn into salt. She's hunting out here. They gonna just dissolve. You know what I'm saying? But this time, I was like, no, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try something different. I said, I'm gonna just package myself up as a gift, and I'm gonna give myself away as a gift. So three years later, nothing was going on. So everybody knew at this point that I was not doing anything. And so like all the exes and all the people who had been with me, they like, oh man, that shit is potent right there. I'm, I'm terrified for whoever gets that next. They ain't gonna make it past entry. They're gonna die. 
immediately. It's like danger awaits you, brother. Not die. Danger awaits you. And I was like, because after year two, I became a dirty old man. I was looking at everything. I was just like, ooh, ooh. I was looking at everybody's crotch. I couldn't have stopped it. I was like, oh my god. I really am gonna kill somebody. <laughs> Whoever gets this next, I probably need, they probably need to sign some paperwork before we liability, get started. Liability, like yes. some legal stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, can't come out. We can't stop me. I had talked to you about that. Like after I did go on a sabbatical here a couple months ago, I'm still on it. But I had called Darren one time. I was like, you know what? I just have to fuck. I have to. Sometimes you like that. And then I was like, but no, I'm trying I'm trying not to fuck up right now. So I started going to the gym. Up there just lifting shit. Yeah. And just mad. That's me now. I'm in the gym now. Yeah, just mad. And then I start yeah. then I start cooking. I just be cooking shit now. Just be in there cooking. And I saw your meal. You ain't bring it up. I'm sorry. Bring a plate. I'm sorry, sweetie. <laughs> you know, I just be in there cooking. Ain't nobody coming over. I just be in there. I'm like, well, guess we got lunch for the next few days so i don't know so i just mean they're cooking now you know but i i understand what you're saying yeah i'm, I'm, I'm back on my i guess sabbatical i think that word of abstaining i'm not abstaining i'm just waiting uh-huh. for something okay. i don't know what it is but it's, it's gonna happen something a little meaningful yeah something um, just something you yeah. know, some you can't be giving it all to everybody right you? I everybody just, don't just, deserve their i'm just taking my time to figure some shit out and, um, or if I could fuck money, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I told this one girl that I managed one time. Her boyfriend, this is why I hate managing women, but her boyfriend broke up with her. She was so devastated. Like, she was done with life. I said, bitch, you married to the money. <laughs> like, this wife called me Shug Knight. I had no sympathy whatsoever. You didn't care. She was so mad that I was, like, not feeling her upset. Whatever, to help break up or whatever. I'm like, you're in the wrong one for you to be crying to right now. Well, I've been there, I'm out here murdering these niggas, and you over here crying over some broke ass nigga. Move to Dallas, nigga. You're you married to this motherfucking money? You better get in that studio and cut some records. You know, that's me. <laughs> put all, put all your, put all your feelings Period. out there and make, and make some money. Cause Period. I tell you, so many women. Cause Adele, shit, I'd be like, damn, bitch, I'm. I wouldn't even say it. Like, God damn. Yeah. You hurt you that bad. Yeah. All that money. You better get that composition book out and start writing you what you mean. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. She's like, oh, boy. She, did, she was one of the first people that did a diss record on me. Yeah, she was mad at me. Damn. <laughs> wait, you got, wait, you got diss records? I got several. She took all damn. that emotion that she had and just turned yeah. it on you. When you yeah. trying to help her. Yeah. Wait. So, so Lily and Mac have this record. Yeah, I have a few. Mm-hmm. So people took the time. Oh yes. To diss you. Oh yeah. That's how they say I made it. That's how I knew I made it as a manager. So people, so people that you helped out, that probably didn't like what you said, decided to make a diss record. Well, she was the only one. I've got diss records from people that I didn't help out that I blatantly, blatantly in a public forum mm-hmm. went out on their fucking ass. Mm. And then they dissed me mm. in a record. Damn. And then, but then there's 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 artists that I have represented and I've cut them. Mm-hmm. But before I cut them, we find we sign all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I said, try me if you fucking want to. Try me. 
So, I have three disc records right now. Damn. So, what is it that, like, you look for in artists? Like, what do you expect from your artists and stuff like that? How do you know you want to work with them? They have to be unique. Uh, we are a black sheep society, so we don't do anything that's industry standard. We tend to create our own lane and our own trends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one to beg nobody for anything, so I really created my damn self. Mm-hmm. So as far as artists goes, the artists have to be a black sheep in their own right. They can't be like, oh, I'm trying to be like um, this this mumble rapper or whatever. If you come to me trying to tell me that you want to be, you know, so the baby and that, you start a conversation off like that, you're not a, you're not black sheep material. Mm-hmm. Because everybody that's signed to Black Sheep right now has their own lane. They do. They have their own audience. Nobody really, some of the audience can mix and mingle with their audience, but they have their own situation, mm-hmm. which is in a way kind of hard for me and my team because we got to be able to handle everybody's right. different brand. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I look for a Black Sheep. I look for someone that has an art and a creative mode to the point where they will grow their own tree mm-hmm. in their own woods and their own flower. Their flower looks different than a whole nother person's flower. Like I got what three rappers now, but they are all totally three different people, mm-hmm. three different audiences, three different modes of money that come in for them. Some of them are writers, some of them are not writers. Some of them are producers, some of them are not producers. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what I look for in a black sheep. You definitely got to be a black sheep. Even my team, you know, my business partner, he's a suit and tie person, period. He is suit and tie. And I'm like blue hair, nose ring, combat boots, dress wearing. And then you got Birdo, who just looked like he was ready for a pickup game of of basketball anytime. Um, (laughs) And then our PR director, she's like this loudmouth Italian girl from Jersey. You know, uh, my assistant is a sex worker, blonde, Caucasian girl with big, huge boobs. Like, it's just everybody's just so unique. Mm -hmm. But that's what makes it work Mm -hmm. because we all are. You know, we can all sit down and have a process meeting and everybody's coming with different different perspectives, different mm-hmm. looks, different, you know, they can look at one artist and say, okay, this and that should happen. Like, this and that should happen. But I always make this joke to say that if any of us is on the same page, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the point is for us all to be on different wavelengths and then we bring that together. And then that particular artist is why I tell my artists, y'all just need to focus on your art. Don't focus on nothing else because we got everything else. Mm -hmm. And so when they focus on their art and I tell them to go this way or go that way, it's not as hard for them because they trying to go this way already. You know, they just working. They're here. Mm -hmm. And I can say, okay, I want you to step to the left here. I want you to step to the right here. I want you to do this. We should do that. And so that's what, that's what the, the optimum client artist, musician, celebrity is and represents for us and sometimes it don't work out which is where the dissolution papers coming in and just records at times comes in and sometimes <laughs> it don't work out but for the most part it does work out and that's that's what we're looking for we're looking for an actual black sheep someone who don't belong mm-hmm. and know how to not belong mm-hmm. you know you got people out there who are outcasts and that just affects their lives like oh my god like nobody likes me and 
you know, how can I be my friends, this and that. Uh, I, I don't want nobody like me. Like, I like being a bitch. Like, I like being me. Like what? I like walking through this motherfucker looking different. You know, that's mm -hmm. what I like. I like I like walking through this place looking like I don't have kids, but my kids is behind me and they looking normal as hell. And they like, how? I want yeah. people to say how when yeah. they see me. Yeah. And I want people to say how when they see my artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to represent, um, she's kind of retired right now, but I used to represent a female rapper. She was the tiniest, littlest thing, right? And I would put her in this grouping of, it was like trap rappers, it's like drug dealers in the room and shit. And she would get on the stage and they automatically count her out because she's just like this little, little teeny thing. tiny thing. Yeah. And you know, female rappers are already known for, you know, like my heels and this and sucking dick and that. This girl would just lay it out just straight up like a whole just storyline of how she grew up in the projects of Philly and all this other stuff and they were like damn every time it just never failed mm -hmm. every time they counted her out and she would get up there and then next you know the whole crowd was just quiet mm -hmm. they listening to her like who is that where did she come from that's that's what keeps me going mm -hmm. that's the effect you're looking for yes just mm -hmm. like just like when Bob came out with the whole damn TSU goddamn marching band I was like, how many horns is in here? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why are we so extra? I hate us. Sometimes I was like, I hate Listen. us. We are so fucking extra. It don't make no damn sense. That's one thing about people who are like, in black sheep, mm -hmm. everybody's just extra. Everybody's but it's not. But it's not overpowering. It's not like, it's not extra in a bad way. And that's the thing. It's I, like, that's just right. And I cultivate their extra. Mm -hmm. Like, I let them be you. Like, mm -hmm. do it. Like, you just, and then that's the thing. You never know kind of what you're going to get when you get a black sheep performance. You never know what no. you're going to get. You might get the TSU marching band, but then you might get, you know, it might be a room full of white people, and then, you know, Wolf is doing a piece about slavery, you know, and cotton fields and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's just like, you just kind of never know what's going to happen. And that's, that's, that's what I love about it because mm -hmm. we have, we always have shock value. We're just going to have, we're going to have that, you know? And so that's what I look for in a black sheep. You just can't be, a, you know, you could be the best singer. You could be the best, you know, you have the best fan base, but if you're not a black sheep, you, it just won't work with us because mm -hmm. even for me as their manager as their strategist because I work on brand strategy mm -hmm. I'm in a whole other thought process than what y'all think I am mm -hmm. you know I've had artists come and sit down with me and like you know I don't, what are y'all doing and, I, and I'm like I've never had an artist ask me what I'm doing as far as like on my end of it and so when I tell them they're like you just blew my mind. Exactly. That's why I tell you. you know, right. my God, I got some shit going on you don't even know about. Mm, right. You know, or I, either I have them doing something and they don't understand why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like a kid. Well, I don't understand why I got to do this. You know, and then the day ding dong, it hits. You know, I like to use uh, recently, uh, I represent Seti Mac. And Seti Mac has always performed with a band behind him. This is Music City. Mm -hmm. Most people perform with bands behind them. Yeah. And so 
when I signed him, I said, every Saturday, we're going to have rehearsals and you're going to rehearse with a DJ. He could not understand why I had him up there rehearsing every Saturday with a DJ. So when he did his first DJ set, I had our videographer come out and she recorded just him. Here again, he did not understand why she was recording just him and she left after his set. Mm -hmm. Even though Namir, who I also represent, was after him. Mm -hmm. Why didn't she stay for Namir's set? Like these are all questions in his head, like what is going on? Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I had someone, a big artist is performing at Marathon and they wanted a local talent person. So I pitched SETI, they knew who SETI was. And they said, well, I didn't think about SETI because SETI has a band and this particular artist is gonna have a DJ and SETI doesn't do the DJ set. Oh yes, he does. Here's the video, proof of it. So you set him up. So you set him up. <laughs> already, Damn. already set. You can't, you got, when, you, when you're when already ready, you don't have to get ready. Exactly. And SETI and so, did a show. I think uh, a couple like a month ago with the DJ exactly and that was the and one was, that that's the one I had it filmed and it was rocking. exactly that's the one where I had it filmed and so we sat Seti down I told him because he asked he's all he's so curious and mm -hmm. he asked and I told him I said that's why she filmed me mm -hmm. that day she didn't need to film the mirror she's filming the mirror this was your pitch reel mm -hmm. and so what I do is I, I make sure that all my people are filmed in a certain light. So when I pitch them to a situation, that person in that situation can see what they're going to get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense that I didn't know that was going to happen, that this person wanted, you know, that they was going to count SETI out because SETI does a band. It just so happened that I had already had him. It was just like I told him, I said, you have to be ready for whatever set they want you to have. You are not, Music City is not where your career stands at. If you go up to New Jersey or New York, they up there spinning vinyl. Yeah. You gotta know how to perform with somebody behind you spinning vinyl. Yeah. You can't just take a whole band up to New York, you know how much money that's gonna cost? Right. So he's like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Cause he is the most compliant artist I have. So he's like, okay, cool. Every Saturday, we performing, we rehearsing. <laughs> I'm gonna songs, we just gonna rehearse gonna rehearse and then we did it and then I pitched him and then I told him I was like this is for Marathon Music Works and he's like holy shit and yeah. I'm like that's yeah. what I do that's my strategy that's mm -hmm. what I do as a strategist so trust in the process you have to trust the process it's the same way with you know Wolf she has to trust the process you know it, but then it's also a transition too because people have been doing things for themselves for so long that it's hard to push things to your manager and have them negotiate terms for you. And I have to tell them sometimes it's going to be a no, you know, because you're worth more than, you know, a hot meal on a Sunday. You're worth more than $50. You're worth more than a gas card, you know. And so that's what, I know my phone is I hate iPhones. Everybody got the same ringtone. Um, <laughs> And so I'm like, you know, you got to know your worth and it might mean that your calendar is not full of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it might mean that you might lose some relationships mm -hmm. because these people are used to getting you for free. Mm -hmm. And you you sitting up here mad because mm -hmm. you're doing stuff for free. 
But you didn't always did stuff for free, free for this person. Right. But you ain't never had the chance to sit down and be like, okay, well, let's renegotiate what our relationship is. Mm -hmm. Well, when you got a manager, I, I, fuck your relationship. This how much he costs. This how much he costs. And if you can't pay that, sorry. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of that happens. And um, But that's what happens when you bring a team on. And, and, you know, I'm very adamant about making sure that my people are getting what they work. And I'm very, I'm very adamant about making sure that they are working on their craft because I got everything else, even down to social media and PR. So it's just like we are going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And you just take care of what you need to take care of. So that's that's the black sheep kind of way or whatever. Yeah, and yeah you know, the team is a you know, black sheep. Because <laughs> uh, that damn PR director cracks me up every time. Jersey? You from Jersey? Me too. That's, funny. <laughs> That's why they be talking. She's to so, she's just loud. I just love her. Like when we did, we did a photo shoot. On Saturday, uh, for a show that we're gonna announce pretty soon, it's a pretty big show, and it's something new that Nashville has never even gotten before. And as we get there, she knows how I am. Mm -hmm. She's not even my assistant, she's just been working with me long enough to know how I am. She says, Okay, everybody's gonna be good, we're all gonna be on time today. Lily's gonna be nice, she has her coffee, we're gonna be good, right? Everybody, <laughs> it's like, Yeah. I'm just sitting there like she just knows. She's like, Lily's gonna be nice today. I know that's rare, but she's gonna be nice. Right? <laughs> so she confirmed it came for you all well, in one, one time. She's gonna be nice. I'm not gonna be scared. You're not gonna be scared. It's gonna be a good day. Everybody's gonna have a good day. She manifested everything before anything got started. <laughs> she's like, I just how long she's been with me because she's she just knows. She knew when I walked through that door, she could feel it all for me. She was like, Okay, everybody, everybody, <laughs> you over there, the photographer's coming, Lily, you good, you got your coffee, it's all right. I'm like, yeah, you're right, it's all right, okay, okay. Did you take <laughs> your clonopin? Not yet, maybe you should, okay. <laughs> that's wild, that is wild. But that's the what you have when you have a team that's worked with you for two years, almost three years, with, just like we were saying, you know, mm -hmm. You got people that's just loyal and just down for y'all to have people that been on this team and left this team. And that girl, Tori is her name. Mm -hmm. She, Jersey, loyalty to the teeth. She used to do PR for a bunch of people. And mm -hmm. then she just said that I would, I just kind of just took over. My It was just too much. So now she just does PR for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember her little... When we first started working with her, she would send me like a little monthly uh, invoice and it'd be like $50, $50 a month mm -hmm. we were paying her. And it's like now we're paying her weekly mm -hmm. a nice little stipend or whatever. And so it's just like that. She's just loyal. Mm -hmm. to and, that goes a, and that goes a, that goes a long way. That definitely goes a long way. But yeah, well, we're definitely glad that you're on here. Um, Darren, um, I know you a little bit, Darren. Yes. I think he had some. Did you have questions? I told you a little bit about Lily. Yeah, you did. Um, I I did a little bit of research. Yeah, um, couldn't find out too too much, but I, there was a couple like basic things, and we kind of went over some of this, like when I was doing sound check. Yeah. But where are you from? 
I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. from the COC, the Cochrane. Um, there we go. There we go. Ten worst neighborhoods in <laughs> I think it's the second one on that list. Well, it's okay. We can uh, relate. We can relate. Birmingham. Uh, yeah. Um, I show. I shared a video from this guy. Um, he was doing like a TikTok about the worst neighborhoods in St. Louis, and he did the first one. And he said the second one. He said the Cochrane. Everybody knows somebody from the Cochrane. But don't nobody go down there to visit them because they don't want to risk it. I was like, yeah, that, that's it. Everybody everybody who's in the Cochrane is either from the Cochrane, lived in the Cochrane, or, you know, family is in the Cochrane. Nobody just comes nobody and just, ain't nobody's best friend just coming. Let me pick you. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. Uh-uh. Yeah. And it's like they done tore down all the high rises and put up. These little townhouses, but yeah, see, you know, you can't take a nigga out the hood. You know what I'm saying? It's still the same hood. You know what I mean? It's still that same bush that's on the corner. You know what I mean? I should get rid of that damn bush. <laughs> Lord, that sounds like. You ain't never lied, though. That sounds like home. That sounds like home. Oh, yeah. And you go, because I swear, like, I, when we go home, actually, we went home together one time and we was driving. I was like, pothole. He was like, yeah. And we just, it was it was weird. It was weird because he was like, I was like, Paho, he was like, yeah. And then he just like, just swerved over a little bit. I'm like, damn, that Paho still fucking Because you can't go. You just don't understand. Like, why is that still there? Why does nothing change? Nothing has it's changed. Part of, it's part of the makeup. It's The Matrix would just implode within itself if they filled that Paho over. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, and then... We'll be talking because um, Darren, Wolf, and I are all from like the same neighborhood, and so like if each one of us go home, we'd be like, "Is that such and such still there?" Yeah, and it's such and such still in the corner. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy because Wolf, she she came up in Cooper Green. I lived in Cooper Green. I think there was a, a time where we probably lived in Cooper Green at the same time. We just didn't know it, but yeah, it was. It's just weird when you go home and. You you go home, you're happy, and then like about an hour later, you're like, I'm ready. It's to time to go. I'm ready to go. That's me. And so, how do you? How does someone like you who comes from Cochrane? How do you come out here and just blow up, basically? Because you be Lily and Maddie. No idea. Um, I used to talk about people being products of their environment and how. Fall into his purposes. I should have been a product of my environment. I think I was in a in a very interesting situation where, first of all, somebody just asked me this couple of days about how it was like growing up in the projects, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, first of all, the bad part is like I, I saw my first death when I was like seven or eight years old, and it was like this man jumped off one of the high rises and killed himself. Like while I was sitting outside, like in cops up mind my own business, mm-hmm. and so, Damn. but I, that was like the first time. I've mm-hmm. seen babies fall out of windows and, you know, because we, we had high rises. Right. But then on the other side of it, it's like living in the hood, like you cannot get past a hundred kids playing freeze tag, you know what I'm saying? Or hide and seek. It was a thousand of us, you know, the like the whole the neighborhood <laughs> is playing hide and seek. Freeze tag with like a hundred kids? That's massive. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think about stuff like that and, and the, but then I also think about how 
a group of us, it was a lot of us that was super smart. And we mm-hmm. were bused to like char- this charter school. Um, my cousins, it was weird because my cousins were all the same age. They were going to different schools, like regular, regular across the street public schools. Mm-hmm. But we were all bused to this charter school because we were like tested and we were like super smart or whatever. But it was a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of like these free thinkers. And I think that's what kind of got us out of that product of our environment type of stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. Y'all were um, showing something different. We were and and so for that reason alone, that's probably how when I grew up, I, everything was just so different for me. When I moved out to the county, which was a better situation, the county people didn't rock on me because I was from the hood. Right. And then the hood people didn't rock on me no more because I moved out to the county. Right. So now here I am, a black sheep again, I got to figure out my own shit. Right. I'm like, fuck all of y'all. I'm gonna do my own thing. Right. So my whole life has been that way. I started as a novelist before I started managing, doing all this other stuff. Writing books. My first book was a paranormal book. I'm a black person. Black people tend to not do paranormal shit. (laughs) So nobody was rocking with my books. And Mm -hmm. so I had to say, fuck it. I'm going to figure out my own shit. So I figured out how to do my own graphic design. I figured out how to do my own um, Facebook fan page. It was like when it was first a thing. I figured out how to do my own marketing because I didn't have nobody help me. And then I had a British company decide to publish, republish my books. Mm-hmm. So then I was published by a, a British publishing house. Mm-hmm. And so that has just grown and grown and grown. And that's kind of how Black Sheep became a thing because I've always had to figure it out on my own mm-hmm. and it stems from being back in the hood you know like i'm with hood kids like you got you next to bb who used to who beat up everybody on the block <laughs> but then you got you know larry on this side who's fucking brilliant mm-hmm. you know but his mama you know has 17 foster kids living in the house and that's why he's living in the hood you know and so I'm stuck between these two worlds and what I don't do. I can't be in the house all day. I want to go outside and play freeze tag with the rest of the kids too. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I got from that mindset of being different. And now here I am at the age of 40 and running businesses and still different. Mm-hmm. And so when I go back home, because my auntie still live in the Cochrane, because everybody knows somebody in the Cochrane and they don't want to risk it. <laughs> I go down there because I, I, I'm from there. I can right. go there. You know, you so yeah. when I go back to the Cochrane, it's nothing new to them for me to be who I am because I was that way when I was younger. That's how they always say, she, I knew she was going to be something. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she was the one out here running the hundred freeze tags and giving all the rules out and telling people that they couldn't that the damn dumpster wasn't base when the dumpster was always base. Like dumpster being base. <laughs> like only she could probably do that. Only she But could that's how I would have thought homie. I could be the one out of hundred <laughs> kids standing on my auntie's porch because my auntie stayed at number one. Number one Tubman Lane this is why they notorious. <laughs> Number one Tubman Lane, and they had the biggest stoop, and I'm the shortest, so I stand on top of the stoop, and I'm like, okay, today the base is the brick circle, and they'd be like, 
Well, the dumps are always the base. Well, I'm the one who leading it today, and the damn. The, so they like this. Yeah. Don't, don't nobody want to smell the damn Don't nobody want to, because right. y'all be cheating. Y'all go around to the back of the dumpster and wait for people to come around and hit base and then freeze on the sewer. So everybody like this in the middle of the parking lot right by the dumpster. We not doing the dumpster. Because y'all cheat. So she got, so you got a method. <laughs> exactly. And you got, a, and you got an argument a strategy. for the yes. dumpster. Okay. All right, cool. And then you got 50 kids like, she right. She right. So she, she, they know it ain't fair. Yeah, because BB over here the one be behind the damn <laughs> right. dumpster because you know the dumpster is in the enclosure, so he be behind the dumpster and you come over and think he like, uh, uh, yeah. he like, ah, oh, freeze. Right. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. So the 50 kids be with you. Exactly. And, the other, and the other 50 kids, they, they want to play, so yeah. they going to get on board. Yeah, they just, and then, okay. and then you, shift, you shift the whole, you know, time continuum. You know mm. what I'm saying? I, I know what's going on. Mm. I feel that. I'm the, so, I feel that. So, yeah, that's how, that's how I, I, you know, that's when I go back home. That's everybody says, you know, they like, yeah, we kind of figured, well, she was going to be because she was something else when she was younger. She was, she was something else. And it's funny because I don't even remember being like that. But they were, but it would always be like one of my same age as me. And they'd be like, no, they saw you it. was like that. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the first fight you had, you know, these girls was running here tossing each other around, but you, you hit that boy in the face with a brick, and we was like, um, we just gonna leave her alone. And I'm like, well, that was true. I did hit him in the face with a brick, but um, <laughs> 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 it's like we just knew she was gonna be something else when she grew up. And like that's why nobody fuck with you after that. They was like nobody, none of the girls, nobody. They was like that's. On another level, you was cool. You you was. You I was my him. own person. I was just my doing my own thing. That's why it never really tripped me out that I was like different. I guess doing anything different from anybody else because mm -hmm. I was so much just in my own head mm -hmm. that you know, like with that fight with that boy. I know you ain't gonna talk shit to me. I I know you're not talking shit to me. And then that he learned that day. And so did everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um, but that's what it was about. Yeah. Though. Like uh, getting stuck between just two different places, two different worlds. You just created your own. You just create your own thing. Create your own, do your own that's, thing. That's either you're going to succumb to one side or another, or you just fuck it, just make your own mind. Right. And that's me. I'm always making my own mind. I'm not succumbing to anything. Like everybody say, you know, we in Music City. Oh, it's so hard to do this and that in Music City. And I'm sitting up there like, why? <laughs> I do whatever the hell I want to in Music City. <laughs> I be kicking in the door. That's the other thing. Like, fuck a Broadway. Boom, here I am. <laughs> that's me. That's me. <laughs> Lily and Mac, y'all. Lily and motherfucking Mac, y'all. Man. Man. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, um, I guess the one other thing I had to kind of go back to, because we talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, uh, let's talk about sex. Mm -hmm. You said it was uh, like a community yes. organized thing. Yeah. And you're switching switching kind of... Uh, mediums. Switching mediums, switching how you do it. Mm -hmm. um, what have you noticed from doing those talks with people? Like, how has it changed 
how people think about everything that y'all talk about? Well, it's making a certain uh, underrepresented group of people come out as being okay with being who they are. Mm -hmm. um, black people, I would like to say, have a problem with being honest about their sexuality in some instances or you know, maybe something that they did in the past. And so it's allowing them to do that. Um, but another thing that has come about is that people think they know something, but it's always something else going on. So it's like sex trafficking. We all, we all know sex trafficking is like a problem. Mm -hmm. But when you think about sex trafficking, you think about young girls and how they're sex trafficked. Well, I found out through this community talk and my first um, co-host was, was a man. Mm -hmm. I found out in all of this that here in Tennessee and Kentucky, we have a huge sex trafficking issue with young boys yep. and boys and mm. men. Yeah. Um, and it goes way above our head. You know, it's like we're talking about they, they it's a lot. It's like a lot of underground shit going on in Kentucky to be specific mm -hmm. about, you know, lady boys and trendy boys and these boys are being taken and dressed up to be like trannies or either they're being paid tons of money to do this and that and be sex workers and you know so it's like gay for pay and stuff like that mm -hmm. so that part i wasn't expecting to get knowledge of but it became part of the conversation and i'm like wait a minute you know we so i'm like it's not really just like these little girls that or, you know, what people were thinking, who's speaking out for these boys? Who's speaking out for these, these young men mm -hmm. that feel trapped into doing something? You know, because exactly. they, they, they hold it over their heads and then, then they, then they, the whole sexuality is all fucked up because they like, you know, I had to do this and I was forced to do this. So right. what does that make me now? And you know, yeah. And so it's like, I try to open up conversations to just let it all out and just let them know that for me, sexuality is fluid. So even though you did maybe X, Y, and Z does not determine what you are and what turns you on and what, you know, gets you off. You know, like they say with, you know, people who would have, you know, been sexually abused and they'll say something like, well, you know, I didn't see it as right because I had an orgasm with her. That's not, that's just a, a response. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that does not take away from the fact that you were raped. You know, so it's just like, I'm trying to open up the conversation and have a safe space for people to, you know, talk about their experiences or either get help to get out of certain situations and all of that stuff. So it's like a conversation that I'm starting that's like way bigger than us. But that particular sex trafficking piece was something that I was not expecting, um, especially here in the, you know, in the South or whatever. So I was just like, wow, like, gosh, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. not surprised. I'm kind of surprised. I'm not surprised especially at all. Kentucky. Kentucky is very thick with it. Like, uh, that's, trade is up there. I haven't heard of it um, in Kentucky and, you know, Tennessee or it being a big thing here, but I've heard about it going on around the world. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. man, nah, you could, that's some good work you're doing. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, please keep that up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I feel like that's a lot going on with um, 
sexuality, people trying to understand it. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that I always knew something. I was different when I was a, when I was a kid. I just I couldn't put a name on it. Yeah. So I was always a kid like, oh, I'm gonna just go do research on it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this seems like it fits. But as I grow older, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, well, you know, I kind of like this or I kind of like that. I kind of like, you know, but it's hard to do that or to explain to people what it is you like without them trying to put you in a damn box. It's always a way. And I'm just kind of like, well, and I always like put it as, do you like ketchup on your hot dog? Yeah. Do you like mustard? No. I was like, okay, so. Is it wrong for you to eat your hot dog that way? Cause you know what I'm saying, like everybody eats their everybody eats their hot dogs a different way. That's my that's a stupid analogy, but I say, hey, you know what I'm saying. Everybody eats their hot dog a different way. <laughs> that analogy just turned into a euphemism. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying not to laugh by you saying because I got your point though. But. It is what it is. Like, fuck it. Cause I be telling people, I like I I was telling you know that I, was like, I, don't, I don't think I'm gonna give me a boyfriend. I'm gonna just try it out, see what happens. I'm just give me a boyfriend. Okay. Then we wake up one day, everybody do my box briefs. And if you cheat on me, I'll fuck your sister. <laughs> or your mama. Or both. And it's funny because some dudes will be down. Right. I, I low key want to peg a nigga. That's my cool. Oh, it's a lot of pegging going on in Nashville. I really want to try that. It's yeah. a lot of pegging going on in Nashville. I really want to try. It's not hard. It's not? No. We'll talk about it. You'll find something. Okay, I need, I need the links. It's a whole lot of things going on in Nashville. Look, we ever will. <laughs> wow. Why, why are you looking at me like that? I thought I've told you that before. Yeah, you have. Yeah. yeah. You're looking at me like you didn't know. I don't I'm, No, I'm just shocked that they're everywhere in Nashville. I need the link. <laughs> it's just like a thing. It, I don't it's know. It's thing. like I got here and it was just like. But I, and so. I'm, and I had a conversation with somebody like that. They was like, does that make a man gay? I'm like, no, that's where the man's G spot is. So why is it that like. You're denying them from getting the ultimate pleasure of sex, but that's their their is all it is is conversation. No. It's all communication. I need to have orgasm. I need to be cockeyed for like a good minute. Okay, <laughs> I need to be cock. I need my damn toes to fucking you sound like me. I just need to go to sleep. Just, <laughs> I I want nap. I need my fucking toes to throw up gang signs. Okay, that's all I want. Okay, slut me out. Well, I don't know. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> slut me the fuck you. out. I feel you. I'm a whore. Um, Thank you. I think people be looking at me and just be looking like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't know that. Like, I'm, I'm a huge ass freak. Yeah, and nobody stories. would like. I guess a lot of the people that I grew up with would have probably never known it or even really thought about it or seen it. Darren, you scared me on one story. Look, but also, I didn't get into, like, having sex or anything until I was 21. I didn't have a girlfriend or anything until then. Mm-hmm. But I read about it so much as a teenager and growing up. I just knew so much more about it than mm-hmm. I think anybody that was my age knew. Mm-hmm. I read all the Dr. Woods. All of them. <laughs> that lady is fucking wonderful. But, like, it just opened my eyes up. There's a lot of education that even people my age now in their early 30s should probably know about sex even if they have husbands or they're single or or wives or anything like that and that's a whole nother thing too you know people get married and they get you know with this one person 
and don't even know how to explore anything different than what they have. Ooh, that's a big one. Like they don't even know. They just and but they don't even know how to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Be like, let's let's talk, mm -hmm. you know, and let's let's do some some soul searching mm -hmm. instead of just you know. Because sometimes it ain't always about having an affair or stepping out. Sometimes it's all it's just about having a conversation. Because mm -hmm. usually nine times out of ten, the other half of that marriage is over there sitting looking too like. You go with the same old bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You think because you took me up to the cabin in the woods, they look different. Motherfuckers, the same dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, like they don't understand. It's like, can we sit down and talk? Because when I was married, still am legally married, but when I was married, me and my husband, not only were we into communicating with each other, we would, that's, and that's kind of how community talks have started when we, we would get other couples together and we would all talk and then the men would get together and talk and then the women would get together and talk and then we'd come back again and, and talk about what we talked about. Mm. But it was like he and I, they looked at us like we were an anomaly because we were, they were like, they into some wild shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, we're not into some wild shit. We just trying to not be bored with each other because shit, I already got to live with the nigga. Like, you know, shit. Uh, give me a little something, something different. Oh, huh? shit. Put some, put some hot sauce on it or something. I don't know. Create some more. You know, it's just like you do something. Yeah, it's just like a whole nother, like, and they really be thinking, okay, well, I got us a suite at the embassy. Okay, it's still the same dick. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different location. Different you know, location. It's, just, it's just a different setting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like some of these people, instead of just saying, okay, let me go on ahead and just see what's up with this girl down the street, go talk to your wife and you will be surprised that your wife is low key. You know, watching porn mm -hmm. in the back room while you at work, and she on a whole nother level. You don't even know she on that level. Like, go talk to her. She might, you know, she might be willing to come and see what something, put something together, and rub something together. You know, so you know. But that's what the less talk about sex. All of that is encompassed in that. It's just because I've I've done that with other couples. Mm -hmm. I've had. Strangely enough, a lot of men come to me and say, my wife acts like I don't want her and she's all I want, but yet I can't touch her because she feels like I don't want her. Mm -hmm. So I have to, so I have to guide him in a way to be like, okay, we, it's going to be extra, but you got to be a little extra to mm -hmm. kind of rekindle that trust. That's crazy. It's but it happens. It happens, especially after a woman have has a baby and like she was that thing before the baby and then she had a baby and then the baby changed her body up and now she looking at herself like, <clears throat> like what happened? Right. He ain't like, he ain't gonna want this, so you know, so she actually is pushing him away. Mm -hmm. But in her mind he's pushing her away. So it's just like a mental Plus the fuck like constant, of stuff. It's like constant reassurance. Yes, and so that's and so I've guided, I've guided husbands through that. I've guided wives through having <clears throat> affairs on their husbands and how to mm. navigate that with the husband. Um, I've I've done a lot of things, with, you know, just one on ones with couples and just the communication and less the talking about the whole sex part of it, mm -hmm. you know. And so that has been something that I've been doing over the years, and that's kind of like I said, how let's talk about sex kind of took root 
and like let's make this whole community thing because when I moved here to the south then I really was like oh this some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, yes, I'm going back to St. Louis <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Bible Belt bro the Bible Belt like, what now what is going well, on here in the buckle too I was like because like I think like when my grandmother like I was raised by my grandmother so there was no birds and the bees there was you get pregnant when his dick get in your pussy and he nut and you get pregnant. That's just about the fuck it. That's about it. You suck dick. You 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 just suck dick. If you get bumped, you fucked up. It's an STD. It's it's just that. It's just that. And I was like, okay, well, grandma, I'm gay. Don't eat everybody fucking pussy. Bitches is nasty. They trifling. And like he's laughing because he knows That's my your grandma. Right my there. grandma is straight up. Like I was like, okay, well, cool. She was like, I don't know about that gay shit like that, but don't all I know is I'll put your mouth on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Get get your shit tested. I was like, okay. She's like, but if you get pregnant, that's about it. You know what I'm saying? You know, shit, that's your nigga. That's your little nigga for the rest of it. We ain't no abortion. <laughs> Unless it's some circumstance, but other than that. There ain't no birds, motherfucking bees. That's it. But that's the thing. Like it, there was, it wasn't like, and when they brought the permission slip home, so oh yeah, motherfucker, you gonna take this, and then we are gonna talk about it. What you learn? This a condom. This a period. This is why this happens. This is, you know, what I'm saying like talking. She was like, because you don't. She was like, first of all, you black. You don't understand the birds and the bees shit. You understand how the fuck I'm talking to you now. Like that's just what it is. And even even with that, like you said, the permission slip thing. I talked about that with somebody. I when I was in elementary school, we had the whole permission slip thing too. Yeah, but here's the thing: mm-hmm. you separated the girls and put them in one room, separated mm-hmm. the boys and put them in a room, and told the boys about the boys and told the girls about the girls. But what you need to be doing is telling the girls about the boys and the boys mm-hmm. about the girls. Yeah. Well, telling everybody about everything. Everybody mm-hmm. about everything. The girls are having questions. About periods and all this other stuff, the boys don't even know what the fuck a period is at this point. Mm-hmm. Just like we don't know what an uncircumcised penis is. We're like, oh, holy shit, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you gotta be telling people everybody needs to be in the same room asking the same questions mm-hmm. in the shared company of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, and then you show us this cartoon with the sperm and the top hat, and then you got the egg with the damn wedding dress on. What the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? I had been watching my daddy porns up until that point. I'm like, this ain't the same shit I can say. <laughs> like, you know, like, what are y'all doing? You know, and so, and it's still like that here in the South. The whole, um, you know, ignorance. The whole, you know, permission slip of it all. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm just like, because it's like my grandma said, how the fuck you think you got here? I was like, she was like, two niggas fucked. We don't think that way. Like, she was like, how do you, how do you think you got here? Yo mama and daddy fucked. And then here your big head ass came nine months later. We literally don't even think that way. We just think no. we just up here. Carolyn, shout out to Carolyn. Carolyn is not and was not happening. She's like, how you think you got here? Yo mama, yo mama bust up a suit wide open. You feel me? And you was here nine months later. I was like, okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. And I was like, okay. And she was just like, you know, you need to know how everything works. She's like, you, she's like, you gonna start developing this one. I was like, you know, young. She's like, she's like, your breasts gonna come in. That's fine. We gonna get some bras. We gonna get you everything you need. She's like, you gonna have a rise. That's fine. She's like, play with yourself. It's fine. 
She's like, don't, you know, don't be inappropriate, but play with yourself. Learn your body. Learn what you like. She's like, because if you can love your body and you can please your body, then you can be able to communicate that with your partner. And she's like, can't nobody love you better than you. And that's all about it. That's, that, that's communication. Amen. Communication. And that's, and that, that was Carolyn's sex ed. 101. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My parents fixed that 101 was like, you got a whole closet full of porn, figure it out. What? And some of it is illegal, so there you go. Okay. All right. Okay. We got reading material, we got, we got magazines, we got Tijuana Bible, what you need? Well, you kind of explain that one. What's the Tijuana Bible? Tijuana Bibles are these little pamphlets and they're like so it's like a deeper story but it's like you watch these documentaries about how these underground like sex societies used to be like way back in the day yeah. and they used to have like these like their own like newspaper print ad shits that would go around to the members and shit so Tijuana Bibles were like something like that so they're like these little pamphlets that had cartoons and like porn stuff in it. And it was like Popeye the Sailor Man and olive oil and shit and just some weird shit. And it, oh. it was like a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And so yo, the goal is to collect all the Tijuana Bibles. And so my dad- Pokemon? <laughs> Listen, my daddy died this whole, I'm tagging and bagging everything. I mean, he's like I said, he got Tracy Lord porn uh, that's illegal. He's got all types of shit. That's, he got the shit that's on the uh, projector and everything. He's got the Tijuana Bibles. And he had a whole collection of stuff. Man. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was my introduction to sex. Sex was not glorified when I first found out about it. I was like, oh, motherfuckers is it's busting. It's a lot of fluid going on here. And I kissed you. It's like we're gonna kiss these girls. They were getting slutted out. Nobody kissed you. That's a lot of men for one woman to take, okay? In that movie theater. Everybody doing a movie theater? I could not imagine that. My first time being exposed to it like that. That's what it was. My first exposure was like porn. And then I get the slip and I'm like, oh, this ain't what I would have seen. Cartoons that I've seen didn't turn out no, this way. No. Ain't no ain't no top hat. Top hat dancing in a wedding at the end of baby gum. Well no babies coming in the cartoons that I saw. It was matter of fact, that sperm wasn't going in the woman. It was going to other places. Oh God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, and that birth Lily. And bless Lily's children. Wow. Go into her room, and like I said, my kids, this is second nature to them. They, they see a whole new, I, I could have a whole butt ass naked woman on my wall, and they wouldn't even face them. They'd be like, No, oh, this is mama. So, can we have pizza tonight? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Miss Mac, we do appreciate you for coming onto the podcast today. We appreciate you. We love what you're doing. Um, yeah, there please is, keep that. Keep that. Please, please, please. We, we're going to be at as many events as we can. We got some of your artists that are going to be on the 
show here soon. Yes. Um, if we can get their schedules together, we're yes. not gonna say nobody name five out. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so we're we're definitely gonna do that. We're gonna also always represent them well. Um, but I do have one more question. Do you eat the butt bread in the loaf of on your loaf of bread? Hell yeah, that's the best fucking bread that there is. See, there we go. There we go. That's Problem the best solved. slice Problem. in the pan. And my kids eat it too. So you eat the butt bread. Yes. There we go. Wait till I call Wolf. <laughs> get more bread on that. Wolf gonna eat the butt bread. She said that. What did she say? She looked like she wanted to eat it. When the. Yeah. When no. Wolf's podcast, when her when her podcast come out, you'll understand why we laughing. Yeah, because yeah. when we asked her that, matter of fact, it's you know, to that slice. No, okay, so hers is gonna come out before yours, and just because we're going in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We asked Wolf. We was like, "Hey, do you eat? Do you eat butt like the butt bread?" She was like, "Yeah, I eat ass." <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. We weren't saying that." She was like. Oh, you talking about the bread? We was like, yeah. She was like, oh, but yeah, I eat ass. <laughs> so it just went to a whole conversation about her eating ass. I was like, okay, I can see you, that too. Yeah. Like well, how you eat ass, but not the but not the bread. bread. Because see, if I well, pay, that work? because see, if I, when I pay for my when I go grocery shopping, I'm eating every fucking thing. Yeah, that I eat every slice of that. Bread. Like, and that, and that bread forms up better. Like that's it a is. better sandwich. That is the best toast. Thank yes. you. Thank you. It's like a it's like a thin bun. It's like a yeah, thin bun. like a little, little, little. It's got more bread to it. Yeah, cause it's booty. Yeah. Let me see nothing else. Even my kids eat. Kindred spirits. Right. Everybody. My world. kids ain't leaving nothing left. Right, well, what's that? <laughs> bougie and all. It's just, right, it's just the bag and, and the twist out. Well, they're the not twist too, gone by then, but yeah. they're not too bougie to eat the book. I don't know. Shout out to the kids. Let, first of all, they know where <laughs> their mama came from, okay? See, that's what I'm talking about they right there. They know where their mama right. came from. I, I remember, I remember my auntie, because my aunties watch kids, because, you know, when you're in the hood, that's what it happens. Yeah. yeah, my aunties watch kids, and uh, they just watching one set of kids that was a bougie set of kids, and uh, they mama bought some, Icar- I remember this day, like, was any day, they bought some Icarus sausage for her kids to eat for lunch. Mm-hmm. And my cousin come downstairs, and he said, oh, can I get one of these polo sausages? She said, no, motherfucker, you better get one of them hot dogs in there. And leave that fucking Eckridge long. Your ass, your ass will eat that goddamn Eckridge sausage probably fall out and die. <laughs> I said she right. <laughs> she right. You better not touch that shit. That shit is above your pay grade. You don't fall out and die. She was right. <laughs> Damn. So, well, yes, my kids will eat the bud bread because they they mama came from the hood. <laughs> so wolf just ain't real. Yeah. Well, again, we definitely do appreciate you. Plug your pluggables. Where can the people find you? You can find me at Lillian L I L L I A N underscore Mac M A C at uh, Instagram. And then follow us on our website, www. Black Sheeps with an S Society ENT.com. Y'all heard it here. Y'all go follow 
like, do all what y'all got to do. We'll yeah, have those links in the description. We, we got shows coming up. We got shows, shows, shows. Please. Shows, shows, they got a lot of stuff coming up. Follow all of her artists. They're wonderful. They're quality. They're quality artists. And uh, yeah, y'all heard it here first. Here at Cozy Motherfucking Bitches. And we'll see y'all next time, ho. Peace. Bye, ho. special guest Lillian Mack for being on the show today. Y'all go check her out. We've got all her stuff in the description down below. And y'all take care of yourselves till next time. Peace. Cheer up, motherfucking Charlie. Who is this on the thing? Who is this on the... Oh, shit. Who is this? Oh, there go my wife. Hey, baby. What? What? That woman makes my cooter jump. Yeah.